0: Today, I want to introduce you to one of the most successful realtors in the Greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley area, but we're not going to talk about how successful he and his team have become. What we are going to talk about, though, are the type of traits, habits, values, and drive that it takes to be successful, whether it be in the real estate industry, your family life, your fitness journey, and in so many other aspects of your life. Welcome to the Fit United radio and podcast where each episode we aim to bring you fresh, relevant fitness and health related news, content and interviews to help you reach new heights and ultimately become your best and fittest selves. Alright guys, in 3, 2 and 1, let's go! I'm super excited to introduce you to today's guest. His name is Jeremy Kalniak. He is a good friend, personal training client, and a mentor of mine. He is such a great example of someone who has seen success in his profession, but has done so by prioritizing and genuinely caring about the people around him. This perspective and outlook on how he approaches his endeavors is a lesson I think that can be a takeaway for most of us. Success in your profession and in life can be done with morals, strong family values, and a genuine passion to help people and is something that I truly admire in Jeremy. And also the fact that he likes push press more than a squat or deadlift. (laughs) I want to say thank you to this episode's sponsor, TRX Suspension Training Systems. TRX, also known as Total Resistance Exercises, is a brand of exercise tools that you'll find in virtually every gym or fitness facility. The most common of the TRX tools is known as the TRX suspension system. There are these yellow and black straps that are either hooked onto the wall or a squat rack, or even an S-frame, which is a specific anchoring system for the TRX. These straps use your body weight as the resistance, which means you can progress or regress the difficulty as much as you want, all by adjusting your body weight relative to the floor. Now there are literally hundreds of exercises you can do using the suspension straps and you can get a full body workout in 15 to 20 minutes. They even have an app that you can use to have guided workouts right on your phone. Now I obtained my certification in the TRX suspension system a few years ago and ever since then it's been my favorite tool to use with all my clients both beginner and advanced. Now, I particularly love another tool of theirs, the Rip Trainer. Now, ask any of my clients and they'll tell you that they absolutely hate the thing, but they know just how good it really is for getting that full body workout. The Rip Trainer is essentially a metal rod attached to a band on one end. You can uh, change the tension of the bands for added resistance. And with this one-sided tension, you're able to do unilateral exercises that really help you identify your bodies and so you can improve on them. Now the TRX suspension training system is a staple in my workouts and is even an essential part of many global group training brands. The best part of these tools is that they're super portable and you can hook them up to anything wherever you are. Even at home, you can hook it over your door and get that full body workout in the comfort of your own home. All right, if you want to get your hands on either the TRX suspension training system or the RIP trainer, I will put a link in the show notes for you. Now, full disclosure, guys, I am an affiliate of TRX. So what that means is if you buy something from TRX using the link, I do get compensated for it. Now, the good thing is it doesn't cost any more for you to do this. And at the same time, you're able to support the Fit United podcast. So thank you so much, guys wanted to let you all know about the text community that is steadily growing now, guys. This is the Fit United podcast VIP. As you know, my goal is to connect all of us on a deeper level through conversations here on the podcast, but also between one another. Once you're part of the VIP, you get access to exclusive content for me as it rolls out, and I'll let you know ahead of everyone else of new episodes coming out. The best part is it's free and you and I can keep in touch directly simply through text. All you have to do is text fitness to 69922. That's it. I've got a super important question for you guys there. So text me now fitness F-I-T-N-E-S-S to 69922. Okay, guys, I'm ready to dive into this one. Without further ado, here's my interview with my good friend, Jeremy Kalanyuk. All right, guys, Kevin here on the Fit United podcast. I've got my guest here, Jeremy Kalaniuk. Did I get it right? Close enough. Shit, man, every time. How do you say your last name? Kalaniuk. (laughs) Kalaniuk. I'll get it right eventually. All right, man, so I wanted to introduce uh, Jeremy. Um, So we met at Orange Theory, where I coach. uh, It was a couple years ago, I believe, um, when I first started. Um, You're also a client of mine at Iron Alley for a little bit. Um, And you are the current holder of the time circuit title belt, you know oh, that, right?
1: I did not know I still held that. That's great.
0: You do, but it's for the thirty plus category. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. So you still are the title holder. Perfect. Um, you're also a regular at the five fifteen a.m. class, which I coach on Tuesdays. Um, so interesting about this five fifteen class, and I think people that know that I, I coach at Orange Theory, uh, these guys are a different breed, and you're one of them. Like, first of all, you function at that, uh, that time, and here I am, I got to get up and motivate these high-functioning people at five in the morning. <laughs> um, so uh, what is it, do you think, that uh, sets 515ers away, uh, apart from, like, the rest? Because what's going on at five in the morning that you're ready to go?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> a, a, interesting question. I mean, yeah. for me, I, I've always been a morning person for as long as I can remember. Um, you know, I think that people that have busy lives, you know, we have three children under the age of five, so for me to get my workout in and my wife to get her workout in it's you know we have to make sure that we're scheduled and organized right. and i've always been a morning person so it hasn't you know made a difference a lot that of the other true. people i think it's it's a, a function of time to be honest with you i see i see and like anything when you build the habit you just get used to it now I without an alarm i'm usually up at four in the morning so
0: yeah your your, your body clock is already functioning at that point <laughs> it is yeah it is
1: <laughs> so that's really interesting um so obviously
0: that's the only, is that the only reason why you like doing five fifteen or is it just because just it's time based? You say
1: I would say mostly yeah. time based. I mean I, I do find that um, you know if you read a book like the five a.m. club from Robin Sharma, it's you know, it, it talks a lot about you know being at that time in the morning where there's less distractions. You can right. be more focused on the things that are important in life. And for me, it's it's always been kind of a grounding factor, mm. um, you know, with a busy schedule and lots of things happening, right you managing your stress load. Obviously that for me is the number one thing that I do.
0: I got it. It's funny. Cause uh, tomorrow's episode uh, at the Monday drive, I actually have Robin Sharma talking about the 5am club. It's one of the only books of his that I don't have yet. Okay. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll get on it. Obviously I've got every other book that he's ever, ever written. So, uh, so I want to take it back a little bit to like, you know, where it started for you. Uh, so where did you grow up? Did you grow up in lower mainland?
1: I was born in Ontario, grew up mm. in lower mainland, grew up on the North shore. Okay. okay. Uh, West Van specifically.
0: Uh okay, okay. Did you, so you went to high school there as well? What high school did you
1: do? I went to Sentinel Secondary. Sentinel,
0: all right. Yeah. So what was their football program like?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Our <laughs> uh, our football coach, Dave Rizicki, was there for a lot of years, and uh, I still keep in touch with him, so he was obviously a big, a big factor in my life. And, right. You know, was the one that actually got me to come and play football.
0: Oh, really? So we... So, you say, like, did you meet him there at school or whatever? He was a coach and he was like, hey, man, you should try it out. Like, I, was, uh, hockey, I was a
1: hockey guy. Oh, okay. So, I played hockey, okay. you know, five, six times a week, uh, was on the rep team. And that was like, I thought I was, hockey was my life. And mm. uh, he kept coming to me over the years in grade nine and grade 10 and said, okay, y- you need to come out. Like, grade eight, grade nine, I should yeah. say. And then finally in grade 10, I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll come play. Yeah, football. I'll do it.
0: I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So, that's where your football career started, eh?
1: absolutely yeah
0: uh, did you make a full switch from hockey to football right away or was it kind of like i was doing both kind of both
1: i did both so yeah. there was lots of days that my mom would be driving me from a football game and i'd be changing in the back of the car into my hockey gear that's and then wild. running in with just a pair of skates as the games already started that's wild yeah it was <laughs> a little bit nuts yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um because i know that was the connection that you and i had because
0: um i knew that we played football together well not together but uh, for sfu yeah and you were a few years ahead of me I am a little bit older. <laughs> uh, but we know the same coaches and stuff. I think we had the same coaches. Uh, Coach Bean was uh, was there at the time. Um, what was it about football that you decided, okay, you know what, I'm going to focus on football instead and not hockey anymore? Was there something about it? That-
1: I mean, um, you know, I love competitive sports, period. Like, I played rugby as well. I played soccer growing up. I've always been kind of a competitive <laughs> sports person, so... Um, football really was kind of that one avenue that allowed me to really like focus on what I loved doing which was playing football Mm -hmm. Um, it also you know your opportunities to do anything beyond um, you know whether it's high school or college is significantly reduced in hockey you got to be pretty special (laughs) to do that and I, I was smart enough to realize I wasn't interesting that person at what age though would you say uh, probably about grade eleven. Really? Okay. Yeah. When I started to play football, uh, you know, I was probably you know one of the two best players on my team, um, and started to get some interest from potential colleges Schools and things like and that. Stuff. So I see. So I thought, okay, no one's calling me about hockey. <laughs> um, I better focus on what I'm good at. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so that's that's what propelled me to play football right. and beyond. That's interesting. I
0: actually uh, made the same decision. Uh, grade eleven year, I played both basketball and football, and at that point, it's like, okay, well you. I don't think basketball was really, I was, I was on the bench. I was like, I was not getting attention for basketball. Um, and football was just the way to go. So I just quit basketball altogether. Yeah. I just played football. And yeah, I think it worked out better, I think, because you were able to focus on the one sport. Um, so why did you choose to play at SFU? First of all, did you choose?
1: Yeah, so I, I looked at, um, I put a few packages together and tried to get down into the States um, originally uh, to look down there. And I mean, you, I wasn't quite at the, the level where there was going to be a big school that was going to pick mm. me up or anything. So I looked locally here because obviously my family was local, I whether see. it was UBC or SFU. And then Coach Beaton had talked to me. And so, you know, it was a kind of a no-brainer. I didn't want to be in the really big school at UBC where it was kind of like you get lost in the, in the funnel. Whereas <laughs> SFU is up on the hill, had kind of a smaller, more approachable setting, I think. Yeah. And um, so I just, you know, I yeah. just made the decision and went. That's crazy. So I remember, I'm just like thinking back during the process in senior year.
0: You guys had Senior Bowl back then? You guys have Senior Bowl? Uh, yeah. Was it was a Senior Bowl. And I think that was almost like for university coaches to come and scout you for the last time and stuff um so we had a we had a senior bowl and then um did you have other schools showing interest at least Canadian schools even that you were thinking of?
1: no it was mostly just uh, UBC and SFU yeah, yeah just the local ones because I didn't really go out there and uh, you know apply to any of the schools yeah, yeah, yeah. I applied to both of those from a you know just a f- uh, educational perspective and yeah. then, you know it just sort of worked out that one of them was the right option. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I'm glad that I chose SFU. I, I was thinking about this um, when I had another guest on, about going to another school like outside of the city. And I thought it would be an interesting experience to just live on res. Like, did you live on res or did you commute?
1: No, I, the first year I commuted and then okay. after that I, I lived at the bottom of the hill in, a, oh, okay. in an apartment with a few people. Okay, well,
0: it's on res. It's still a university kind of living, right? Yeah, idea, yeah, yeah. Whereas I lived at home and it was kind of like, I felt so disconnected from the school experience. And so that's probably one thing I would t- I would change, but I loved, the you know, going up there and stuff and playing. So, yeah. Um, what was your experience uh, playing at such a competitive level? Because you were saying you're such a competitive guy, and I think that's something that is still in you now, uh, applying to what you do uh, for a living. But what was it about competitiveness, competitiveness that uh, kind of you know really intrigued you?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, football and, and competitive sports are really interesting, right? Yeah. It's um, You have a team typically in a lot. I mean, there's are all obviously some non-team sports that are like that where it's individual. Yeah. Uh, but I think with like football and hockey and basketball, Um, anybody that's really competitive it's interesting because you compete against yourself Mm -hmm. compete against your teammates and you compete against other teams because in football there could be three guys trying to fight for the same starting spot
0: yeah that's so true
1: and so um you know it's good because you have external motivation as well as the internal motivation so for me i mean i just I love being competitive in almost everything I do. I mean, my wife and I are even competitive still at Orange Theory. <laughs> that so, I know. To this day. <laughs> Which I was going to bring up, by the way. Uh, did
0: you, do you guys both do your uh, one-mile benchmark? Uh, no, she didn't take that Oh, class. she didn't do it, eh? No. Oh, okay. Luckily okay. for me. <laughs> did you improve on yours, though? Do you, do you remember? Yeah. Oh, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. It was good. I was pretty happy with it. Okay, good. Well, as long as you're improving, that's all, that's all that matters. So you still got the competitive spirit, whether it's... Uh, you know, whether it's in athletics or you know, uh, or 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 work, uh, which is uh, something that you know you learn as a as a, as an athlete growing up, right? And yeah. I think it kind of stays with you, and I'm kind of the same way too, and but in different ways though. So, uh, would you say that's one thing, one big takeaway that you had from playing competitively in sports, and you know, what other things would you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, playing competitively in sports, I think the the biggest thing, like for football for me, was um, you know setting goals mm-hmm. and being able to work towards those goals, and that's the thing that they don't tell you they're teaching you, but that's really what they're teaching. That's true. You. Um, You know, you got to figure out how to manage school, uh, social life, um, football, train, like everything. It's not just straight up like you go to school, you go to football, (laughs) everything else is fine. you got to manage all these different priorities. So you've got a goal set. You've got to time prioritize. So for me, it it really helped me sort of figure out how to do that versus Mm -hmm. just like go to school. Okay, go home. It's done. (laughs) Right. Um, It really allowed me to sort of prioritize my life in terms of, you know, I need to get this done before we go on the road and drive down to. You know, California to go play for the weekend. Right. Um, Because we sit on a bus for like. 12, 14, right. Two days, right? Like it'd be two days of bus drives right? and try and get a paper accomplished where you've got 45 other guys on a bus yeah. with movies on. Like n- You're not getting anything You can't done. get anything You gotta got to get it done before you get on the bus. Gotcha.
0: That's interesting because you I remember, So because you were a few years ahead of me. You guys were in the NAIA still. So yep. you were playing US teams. We were. Or I think I was the first year they switched to the CIS briefly. My, other. Yeah, my last year was the year they switched it over oh, okay. to CIS. So that's when I miss you then. So you were just a year before me and then I joined the team. All yep. right. so, so how was it then? That's actually really interesting. So how was it switching? Because in high school, we play American ball, and you went to play American ball in the uh, first four years, three years, and then you went back to Canadian. So you'd never played Canadian Oh no, we,
1: No, sorry. We, it finished, like, we were the last year, my last year when I was finished, they went after that. Oh, program. after that. Yeah. Okay,
0: okay, yeah. gotcha. So you never even got a chance to
1: play Canadian soft football? We then, did at uh, Shrumble because they would switch it every year. Oh, so one okay. year it'd be American, the next year it'd be Canadian, and it was... With UBC. Uh, it was real interesting.
0: Uh, okay, that's actually kind of fun. I wish I, I wish I participated in, uh, in that. So, But I missed it because I was only there for a year. <laughs> um, so... Was playing, did you ever think when you were playing at SFU, obviously you were doing your studies and you're focusing on all that stuff, multitasking, all these skills that you learned, but were you always thinking about, all right, after I'm done my degree, I'm going to go work, I'm going to join the workforce, or were you like, hmm, maybe uh, I could try playing professionally, whether it was, you know, on the CFL or whatever, did that ever cross your
1: mind? Uh, it was obviously for me because when you play football, that's all well, you live and breathe. Uh, it's it <laughs> you think about. Yeah, it was certainly like the number one focus for me, and so I did get a few looks from some CFL teams. Oh, but everybody, because I'm not that tall, I'm uh, only six foot one. Not that tall at well, six foot one. Well, is that crazy? Uh, I mean, <laughs> to be a defensive end, which is what I was, they want yeah. you to be like six five, six six, six seven. Right, and it's an American position anyway. So that's true. The teams I was talking to were like, well, we want you to move inside to tackle and be my heaviest I ever was at football was two sixty five. They wanted me to be two ninety five, and that's light
0: for that position. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it just wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I did get an offer to go and play over in Europe, in Vienna. Oh, that's cool. And that was kind of at the time where I was like, okay, do I really want to go? And you know, obviously, it would be fun. You don't make a ton of money. You make enough money to kind of live and travel, and, yeah, and have fun. Or do I stay and start in the workforce? Right. And that's sort of when I made ultimately the decision what you of, did. Eh, of, this isn't gonna pay me to live my life so yeah, I yeah, yeah. To, you know continue to move forward yeah yeah Th- that was a reality I had to decide
0: on um so you finished uh with a bachelor's in applied science in communications and marketing is that right yes uh when you finished school did you have a certain career path in mind when you're going through school and when you finished, did you know what you wanted to do or have an idea
1: uh no I had really? n- <laughs> like literally no idea really I, I um yeah I, I was trying to figure it out you know obviously finishing school kind of going okay i need to get out there but i didn't really have a specific plan in interesting place. so when you when you selected the, you know that degree and you finished and you went that route what was in your mind then what was your thought process in finishing with that i just figured you know what i've got a degree now and mm. you know the sort of the misnomer everyone tells you is once you have a degree there'll be lots of options out there <laughs> and the reality is there really isn't yeah, there, yeah unless you know specifically like unless you you know went to school to be a biologist right it's not like there's hundred jobs out there waiting for you like oh you got a degree come work here yeah um so I really didn't have a clue to be honest I sort of was trying to figure it out okay and it was honestly by chance that I that I ended up ending in real estate to be truthful interesting okay and well we'll talk about that a little bit how that
0: transition how you ended up uh, getting to the real estate and just, so what did you do coming out of school like did you just
1: kind of find a job and just start working like what, what did you do um yeah I, I so i was working at uh, like a warehouse when i was in school i worked at loomis so i worked four oh, hours yeah. a day and i'd get paid you know essentially what everybody else would get paid to work eight hours and it was essentially like heavy lifting you know yeah mindless work and i was like i just kept doing that until i figured out what i was going to do so i worked night shift it was like four to eight okay and then i'd work some graveyards from here to, and Jeez. that's just kind of what i did and i was right. like okay i'll figure it out at mm-hmm. some point in time here and Started looking around and then, you know, obviously f- fell into this. So. Okay.
0: So ever since then, uh, essentially, uh, you decided, okay, this is where I'm going to pursue real estate. So you were doing these kind of jobs and then you were like,
1: okay, well, why don't I try real estate? So my mom was actually looking for a house at the time. Oh, okay. And so I, like I was, you know, I probably was, you know, before I had to go in for my shift and she was like, well, why don't you just come with me? So I went with her, met a real estate agent. I'm like, hmm, this guy drives a nice car. <laughs> he wears a suit yeah shows nice houses i'm like you know as a 23 year old guy i was like well sounds, yeah this sounds great i can do this yeah yeah so i challenged the exam and i was licensed in six weeks wild okay so you challenged the exam you didn't even go through the well, so, sorry no I, yeah. I wrote the i did the whole course oh gotcha I, gotcha I did it in six weeks ah, okay um, which is like unheard of it usually takes you six months to so do it i was gonna
0: say i think that's kind of what they say on the website is six months or whatever if yeah. you have a diligent study. six weeks yeah <laughs> so how do you pull that off do it. that's all you focus on, I guess. You were so immersed in yeah.
1: it. Yeah, I mean, I would go to the gym in the morning because that's just kind of what I got used to doing. I'd come mm. home, and then I would study and do a, an assignment, try and get an assignment done before I go work at uh, Loomis. I'd come home, I'd study, I'd try and write another exam that yes. night or the next morning, uh, and just sort of plowed through them. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. it was interesting.
0: Um, I remember my dad, uh, he'd retired from a corporate job, and then he got into real estate a little bit later, like kind of like a semi-retirement uh, career, uh, and he managed to write it in like I don't know, two, I think two two months yeah. or something like that. So he just plowed through it too. But it takes a certain amount of. I remember how focused he was on this thing. Like this is all he did. Yeah, <laughs> and that's what it took probably. Hey, pretty much. Yeah. Would you say that it's changed quite a bit? I mean, notwithstanding, you know, I don't know if the certain. Things may have changed in the industry, but the curriculum, would you say it's about the same when For, you started?
1: I mean, it's been a long time since yeah. I've written the exam. I right. know quite a few new people and they have changed the parameters yeah, and I, you can't yeah. do that anymore. It's oh, sort of okay. one assignment, I think, every week. It. Oh, so, so you can't just a, fly a th- through it anymore? No. Uh, okay. So it kind of makes it like a minimum of uh, 20 weeks and then you've got X amount of time to write the exam. Oh, and I see. You've got to get X percentage, which is similar to what it was when I was there, but uh, I was able to do it in an expedited time frame versus one a week I was doing like <laughs> two a day
0: okay so obviously when you were like I'm gonna fly through this in six weeks and just you know get licensed you were very motivated yes what was it about it besides seeing this you know this agent that was helping your mom that you're like this is what I'm gonna do because I think a lot of people don't have that aha moment and I'm gonna just focus on this one thing and get her done
1: well it was um, I had the aha moment and then I you know reached out to my mom's agent mm. and said okay is there someone I can go talk to? So I went and talked to uh, the manager at the office and sort of had a conversation with him and he tempered my expectations a little bit. And, uh, to me it was almost kind of like a challenge. He's like, well, you know, this is what you'll do when you're a new person. I was like, well, that's great. That's for everybody else. That's not what I'm going to do. And, um, so I, you know, I just plowed through it because I was excited and ready to go. I've, you know, I was 23 years old. I didn't know yeah. anything else. <laughs>
0: you were, yeah, you were motivated. This is like this is new and exciting thing. That's really cool. Uh, so would you say then in the early years, uh, even early months, like did you have him as a mentor or someone else as a mentor? Learning the the ropes. Oh yeah, the industry. yeah.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, I still talk to him to this day. I talked to him last week. Actually, mm-hmm. he is uh, been an invaluable mentor to me in in the real estate business. I mean, he had when I started like 35 36 years of experience at that time. At that time, he wow. you know he's retired now, but he retired at like forty two years of experience in the real estate Jeez. business, and he was an office manager, so he he sees everything from everybody. And I would go, you know, I'd go in the office in the morning. I'd do my, you know, cold calling and plow through my day, doing my prospecting all day long. And then I'd go see him at lunchtime. I'm like, are we going to go have a sandwich? (laughs) And him and I would go downstairs. There was a coffee shop that he liked to go to. So we'd go down and have a a sandwich and a bite to eat. And I'd ask him a hundred questions and try and learn as much as I could from him, from the experiences he's had or he's talked to people about, so that I could save myself uh, 10 or 15 years of trying to figure it out or five or whatever the number is and learn everything I could from him. And so for him, he's been an invaluable mentor to me in the business.
0: I think that's really important. And I think uh, listeners hopefully will, will get that is that uh, mentorship is so important and finding a really good mentor. It's uh, some people are lucky to have found uh, people like that. But to I think that the quote that always sticks in my hand is that to learn from uh, or to stand on the shoulders of giants. And these are people who have been doing it for so many years and you learn their lessons already and you don't have to learn them yourself we've kind of learned like a hard good book that's yeah. a good book you know what it's what is it <laughs> where is it from oh you know i don't remember the name i yeah, remember you reading, know, right. reading the exact quote <laughs> stand on the shoulders yeah. of giants man um, and <laughs> i i i appreciate that you're able to do that and now be so successful in what you do uh, to the point now that you've started um i guess a, the real estate group that you work with now can you tell me about that now so you were working as a real estate agent for a few years. And then you started, decided to open up your own group of people or a group, a company. So I've,
1: so I've got a pretty interesting um, sort of route through real estate. Okay. So I, so, and you don't know this actually, I don't even think. So my, my mom was looking for a house. I challenged the exam. I yeah. got into real estate. I, I did very, very well uh, my first year, second year, and third year. And kind of the third year into it, I, I kind of got sick of the industry and I said, you know what, I'm going to leave. And so I hung my license up and left. Yeah okay, and I left for about eleven years. And eleven it, years. Yes, uh, what? I I was just twenty three. You know, I, I essentially had no life. All I did was work. I had no plan. It was twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Right. You know, just working, and I just got sick of it and burned out, and so I left the industry and I left for about eleven years, and um, and then decided to challenge the exam and come back in. So I've been back in real estate now for about seven years. Seven years. Okay, so. You were what twenty six, twenty seven when you decided to get out? You yeah, said you started twenty three, about twenty six. Yeah, twenty
0: six. Yeah. What did you do after?
1: I um, I took some time off right when I left. Yeah, and I just went and got a bartending job, and just okay. was like, okay, I'm gonna live some I life just, for now. Yeah, I'm just gonna live. I'm not because I had my I had two phones. My phone would be ringing, both of them would be ringing all the time. You have lunch right. with me, I'd be staring at my phone. I'd be on the phone. We'd have lunch, and I just said hello, wow. and paid the bill, and then left. That's crazy. And so it wasn't it wasn't sustainable, and it wasn't what I wanted. Uh, So I left the industry and then, you know, my wife and I um, chatted a lot about where we wanted our lives to be, what I wanted to do, what was going to make me happy. Because at the time I was running a sales team for um, Mark Anthony Group and uh, Turning Point Brewery. And uh, I just said, you know what, I'm working 70 hours a week for somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's not what I want to do forever. Mm -hmm. And so she said to me, you know, without her pushing me, I probably would not have done it because we had no kids at the time. We just had a house and a mortgage. And uh, she said, Why don't you go do it? You love real estate. You've always loved it. Go back and challenge the exam. So I did. Wow. That's actually really,
0: that's crazy. I'm getting a little bit of chills thinking about it because for someone to step back into an industry that you left 11 years prior says a lot about uh, either just mental fortitude or just your giving in to Laura because <laughs> she was sort of probably a little relentless in pushing you. Uh, but to step back into something, uh, what was it that she thought that you loved about real estate so much because you left it for a reason, right? It's kind of like I, I would figure like an old career is like an old ex-girlfriend. You're like, you never want to go back. So yeah. what was it about it that you're like, I got to go back?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It's not that I didn't love the industry. I mm. just, you know, uh, it's sort of like they say, if you don't ever have a, if you don't have a plan or a roadmap, any road will take you there. right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so And I had no plan. I and see. And so I just sort of worked myself into, and I'm a guy who's not afraid of work. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not scared to work a 15, 16, 20 hour day if I have to. Right. But if you don't have a plan and you know my family now is obviously the the part that balances my life out. If you don't have any kind of work right. life balance and no strategy on what the long term goal is like everyone says it's a marathon not a sprint. Yep. And um you know real estate is certainly one of those industries that it, it's true. Mm-hmm. So for me uh you know it, it was her encouragement but I have always loved the industry. I love you know I love the opportunity to help people moving to the homes they want to be in i love you know the architecture like uh, sort of all aspects of it for me like the art of the deal is the part that i love the
0: most mm. now is that a donald trump book that you that you've read <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's okay i have the same book um, but this is prior to all the crazy stuff that he's doing yeah right <laughs> yeah yes, <laughs> as absolutely. a business person there was a lot of things that i could learn from from those books from him yes but that's all i'll say on that When <laughs> I mean, you say the art of the deals like, i know the book um but yeah so Uh, You got back in 11 years later, and did you immediately start the Whitesome Properties Group?
1: So I, okay, so I got back in and it wasn't started right away. The Mm -hmm. plan was already there. I see. So when I, so, you know, rewind, I was in the business before I just worked, I had no plan. Mm -hmm. This time coming into it, I had a plan. I had a one year, a three year, a five year and a 10 year plan. Here's what the business was going to look like from, you know, zero, zero to year one, uh, year one to three three to five, you know, and, and okay. so on and so forth. So I had a bunch of Excel spreadsheets and <laughs> <Of course>. PowerPoints. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay, this is, this is the roadmap. Wow. And, uh, so Whitestone, I didn't know what the name of it was, but I knew what the structure was going gotcha. to be. And I knew what I wanted it to embody and how I wanted it to feel. I see. So,
0: so when you looked at that plan and you made that plan and you got the one, three, five and 10, I mean, 10 years, it's already been, 11, how long has it been now? Seven, seven, seven. Um, Day one, when you said, okay, this is my plan, I've got it laid out, and you're looking 10 years down the road, did that not seem so distant and, like, removed from reality?
1: Oh, right? 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's, but I think that any any um, driven person, if you want to get to where you want your life to be, where, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you're happy, and, you know, all the things you want in life, I think you have to look down that far in the road. And, yep. and you know, like... It's almost like having a book where you write down everything in the world that's important to you, everything you want. You don't know how you're going to get there, but right. if you don't put it on paper, or if you don't put a goal to have it or to be it or to be involved in it, then the likelihood of it ever happening is significantly reduced. Right.
0: That's interesting. Um, I mean, I, I do some goal setting myself, uh, but I've don't, I don't think I've ever looked 10 years down the road. And it's because, and that's for the reason that I asked you, is that I feel like it's so far removed from where I am now. But what would you say then to someone like me that's thinking, well, that's way too far out. I mean, from five to 10 years even, like that's, that's a big jump, right? And you're seven years into that 10-year goal now. You know and what I
1: mean? The, the interesting thing is, so yeah. with goal setting 10 years out, it's not uh, the thing that I think a lot of people get hung up on. Cause I say to a lot of people, I talk to them about goal setting and building yeah. a business plan and they're like, well, I just don't even know where to start. Right. And, and it's like, okay, here's the reality. You need to set a target, you know, aim for the stars, land on the moon. Like you need to set a target right. where you want to be. And even 10 years, right. if you set that target and you know, for me, the goal was to be the number one team in Salisbury, White Rock within the first five years, in five years we did it. Wow. So I recalibrated what the goal was to look like, and I looked at my tenure plan, and I'm like, well, that's not what it, I want it to look <laughs> like anymore. So it's already evolved, but I already had yeah. the mindset of this is what I wanted it to be and Got look it. like. So don't get hung up on that, well, it's, you know, I'm not quite there, or this is not exactly what I want. Yeah. It's, it can evolve, but if you don't start somewhere, yeah. then it can't evolve.
0: I think that's one really big takeaway from the goal-setting piece that you're talking about is that goals aren't you know, set in stone. They're malleable. They can adjust as you move along. Maybe the goalposts need to go further back now or further away because of how, much, how far you've come in the five or seven years, right? 100%. Yeah, you need to set them even further. So yeah. I think that's really interesting. So um, so you've decided that you're going to start. Um, how did you decide what you're going to call it? I mean, I, I have an idea, I have a guess, but
1: I, guess, I want you to tell me. <laughs> i mean i uh, i hired an agency to help me do it okay and but i and so i sat down with them at a meeting with them and said okay here here's what it means to me here's what's important here's the characteristics that i want to embody um here's the traits that i want people to think about and i want it to be local mm-hmm. so they send me you know a list of all these names and i'm looking at them going like what this doesn't mean it like i said well i live in south and white rock right like, <laughs> How can we make it locally relevant that, right. it, that it sort of sticks in people's minds? And so that's how we came up with White Stone, because right, so. of the White Rock. Right,
0: love it. And that's, that was my guess. <laughs> Perhaps an obvious one, though, right? Yeah. But obvious for a good reason. Because when you think about White Stone, you think White Rock, you think local. That's I think That was the, the point, that the was, goal. Yeah. Um, so unique, but also specifically to your area, uh why did you, obviously because you lived in the area uh but why did you
1: choose that south surrey or white rock would be your niche why that area probably because we live in that area yeah. i mean i'm i'm a big believer in um focusing on your community mm. um, you know i mean we you know we're involved with the um peace Arch hospital like we we go to the gala every year and, and support them and you know what i, I have three daughters that are going to grow up in that community I have my mom in that community, my wife's family's in that community, our family's is all in that community. Right. So why would I not want to be an expert and support the community in which we live? You know, right. we're all going to play sports there. Like I'm going to meet all kinds of parents right. through that. Uh, so for me, it was kind of a no brainer. Because mm-hmm. your it sounds like your life is so well
0: entrenched in the community. It just made sense to work and live there, right? Especially in this industry, because you the more intimate you know the area, the better you can serve your clients. Well,
1: right? and uh, we made a strategic decision about. Uh, five years ago, sort of our second year, kind of the first year that <laughs> Whitestone was around mm-hmm. to only focus Selsory, White Rock and the close surrounding areas. Gotcha. So, you know I, grew, I, you know, I grew up on the North Shore. I know lots of people over there. Mm-hmm. I, I lived in Vancouver for a while. I have lots of friends over there, but I'm not going to drive to Vancouver to list their house. <laughs> um, and not because I don't like them or because I don't want to. It just doesn't make strategic sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what if I was showing at four o'clock on Friday afternoon? I mean, it's going to take me two hours to get there. Right? Maybe I don't know all the ins and outs of what's happening in the community. And when I focus on Sell Story, White Rock, Cloverdale, you know, Langley, like my wife grew up in Langley. Mm -hmm. Now I can really focus on the communities in which I can understand what's happening. You know, the nuances that I hear from different people that are in the area. Right. Right. So you're just able to deliver that much better of a knowledge base
0: for, for your clients. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, one of the things that I read when I was doing some research on you and Whitestone Group was that you're different. Um, it's different in how you serve your customers and uh, your philosophy. Um, and I think that's really important is that we're not, you're not just a group of people that are out there trying to push houses on people. So what is it that you would say based on, you know, when you, you had this vision of what Whitestone's going to be, you and Laura, how is it different? And how has it be, or how has it evolved now that you've been seven years in?
1: Yeah, great question. So how is it different? Um, For us, it's different in that, uh, I mean, we really are focused on trying to help people, you know, we have on our website, live their best lives, you know, get to a spot where they really need to be. Um, Through all methods, we're a very uh, progressive, very forward thinking group. We're not reactionary, which and reactive, which is what a lot of Mm. agents are out there, you know, that's kind of knee jerk, like, You call, something's wrong. I need to deal with it. Gotcha. We try to be ahead of it at every turn. So I'm calling you to say, hey, Kevin, here's what we need to talk about. Here's what's going on. Here's what your neighbor's house sold for. So we really focus on trying to be attentive to our clients' needs and ahead of them and ahead of the market. I see. We're also not going to just sit back and hope that something comes up that, that, like, you know, you want to be in this area. Oh, geez, I hope a listing comes up. (laughs) <laughs> we'll go out there and we'll door knock 300 right. houses and find somebody. And It's not like we want the listing. We just want to find the right house for our clients. Right. So we really have focused on that as been our our, um, our main difference versus a lot of agents. And, and the other interesting thing is when you get a big team, um, the one thing I said to, you know, all the guys on the team and sort of Laura and I chatted about it from the beginning yeah. is, you know, when you get to be a bigger team, you get the team leader, who's me. You might call me once if I'm a normal team, and then you might not ever hear from me again. Mm, I see. I, the big thing for me was to never be that person. Mm-hmm. Like if you need me on Saturday morning at nine a.m., if you need me at Friday night at ten o'clock, like I want to be available to you. Yeah, um, and obviously, you know, are there. Are nuances to that because I do have a family. family. But um, but certainly I don't want to be that person that you talked to me once and you never heard from me again.
0: And you're disconnected from everyone once you've got, had you said your spiel or whatever. Goes right?
1: completely against our business model. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's the, the other big difference. I see.
0: I, I like that you're you're saying that you're so proactive and I've only had to deal with you know agents you know a handful of times with my mom leaving uh, her our family home and when I sold my condo and stuff and I can echo what you're saying is that they were very active like you almost had to chase them like you're you're just another person on their on their list of of people that uh, will be calling them Um, and I just thought that that was the norm and what you're saying is you're not the norm Right? And you're trying to get you know, go above and beyond.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, that's our biggest focus. Yeah. We try and over-communicate so that you always... I mean, the number one thing I hear from people is, I never have a clue what's happening. I'm mm. trying to, I always got to call my agent. I can't get a hold of them. I'm talking to their voicemail all the time. I mean, I had a client yesterday. I was on my way to their place to do an open house. And he said to me, he goes, well, how many listings do you guys have right now? Because I've communicated with them at least two to three times every single day since we started the process. Right, And you know, here's what's going on. Here's where we're at. Here's where we're, we're going to be tomorrow. Uh, and, you know, he was kind of like, what? You have that many? And I just, the, the goal is to be <laughs> yeah. that person who's always there. Right. Um, so that you do feel informed. Like, it's the largest financial asset you own. Right. Most people. Yep. Uh, it's an emotional experience. Mm-hmm. It's it's a journey. And like, you know, even when we looked at a house, you know, I do this every day. And I said, well, here's the list of things we have to have. if yeah, We're going to yeah. move. And when we got in there, a couple of things weren't there. And a couple of things were that I didn't even know I'd, were important to us. Yeah. And all of a sudden we look at it and Laura and I were like, well, we just compromised on a whole bunch of things. We said we had to have, but this is way better. I gotcha. So you know, it's a journey for people. It's yeah. not just black and white.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that's one thing I appreciate about you, even just as friends, is that uh, you make the time to call people. And now I understand that you're on the phone like all day, every day, uh, whether it's with your team or with clients and stuff. And even just as friends, you you, you know, you'll give me a raise, like, "Hey, man, how's it going?" Which I appreciate that because I don't think a lot of people nowadays uh, spend enough time just connecting with people just by voice. I think that's kind of what I like doing. This now is that we can connect just by talking, whereas some people will just text and like that's enough for them.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> it goes against my DNA. Yeah, I, I think people are the most important thing, and those human connections are obviously so so important in, mm. every, in every aspect of life. Sure, um, obviously in our business for sure, but it's just my DNA is just wired yeah. to not just send a text. I mean, it's not that I don't text. I just I prefer to have that human contact where you see my face, you hear my voice, um, which is why we've gone through a lot of video messaging now too. So oh, really? That's interesting I too. Mean, That's cool. Every single client we have, uh, you know, I check in with them probably in the first week and say, are you getting sick of seeing my face? Just because every time I show their house, every time there's a follow-up, they get I a see. video message from myself or one of the guys, whether right. it's texted or emailed, um, so that you know we're there. Right? Like you literally saw my face. It's not yeah. like just an automated response of yeah. the text that says, yeah, everything's good, no problem. That's
0: so interesting. And and I think that does, it is a big difference. When I see a text, it's, it does seem very disconnected. But now we've got a video that's you in the house or whatever. Hey, this is me, or whatever. And it just makes it so much more intimate, right? Yeah, I love I, that. Personalized. Personalized, I guess, yeah. is what a word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I'd mentioned something about. Uh, or you had mentioned something about how you help people live their best lives, right? Um, I kind of have the same model, but in a completely different industry. I'm in the fitness industry. Like, I make you sweat in the gym. You know, I push you hard or whatever. And physically, I hope to do the same thing. Uh, but you hope to do the same thing in, in you know, people finding their dream home, um, their forever home. Like, their, like you said, their biggest financial asset. Um, so how is it that you apply those same uh, philosophies where, you know, living their best lives, but in
1: this industry specifically? So, um, yeah, great question. Um, I think they're all connected, like you mm-hmm. helping them do that. So if we can help them get in the right position or the right home, then they can come to the gym and focus on mm. that with you. So, you know, we really try to, I mean, real estate, um, you know, the, the, the fantasized version of it is l- moving into your dream home with your family. Yeah. yeah. But There's also the, the, you know, not so pretty side of it where it's divorce or, mm-hmm. um, you know, an estate sale or a widow, and it's really tough, right? Like when you're in a position where you've been, um, you know, you're getting divorced, for example, yeah. and one of you's in the house and one of you isn't, and, and so you're not getting Well, we try to be in that intermediary that sort of manages it and helps cool heads and, right. and, and be the communicator in between. So it, it's sort of we try and get in there and help people through all these difficult and exciting experiences to help you get into the best possible spot you can be. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, it
0: absolutely does. And uh, like as I mentioned, um, when – my parents split one of them stayed in the house which was my mother but that was a tough transition and um, to be honest I don't remember the role of the, the agent at the time because I don't know if they were there and perhaps their philosophies were different maybe it was Uh, maybe it was quite a few years ago maybe it was just different then but the fact is um, I didn't see that there was a presence there but that's what you're saying is that if you can if we can take this load off your shoulders you can go and focus on doing other things that help you know you live your best life
1: well it's funny I always say to a lot of our clients it's like okay so let let me worry about it yeah you just focus (laughs) on what the next step is Mm -hmm. I'll deal with and manage the stressful side of it right you just tell me where we need to be going forward from Mm -hmm. here and if you give me the details on, you know, yes, I like this one, I'll get you connected to the mortgage person or you can connect with your more. Let me worry about the rest. Right. Right. You know, I have clients get stressed out about inspections and stuff like that. Don't worry about it. Just That's my it, job. Let me worry. Yeah. Let me and the guys worry about it. We'll right. solve it for you.
0: Right. Right. Now, would you say then, again, um, in comparison, I'm not sure how much time you spend <laughs> comparing yourself to peers in the industry. But would you say that in terms of level of service, you're, you know, above for every, all your guys, uh, above what the norm is for everybody?
1: Um, I would, you know, I, without sounding arrogant, yeah, yes, yeah. I think we do, we do provide a higher level of service. Yeah. There's a lot of great agents out mm-hmm. there. And, of mm-hmm. course, I benchmark us against all of them out there. I mean, if you don't know who your competition is and you're not paying attention to it, then how are you supposed to grow? Mm. Um, And I'm constantly reevaluating where we're at and saying to the guys, you know, pushing them on things that that we need to do. Um, You know, I say to them every day, like if you're comfortable, then you're not growing. Mm -hmm. You need to be a little bit uncomfortable every single day. Every single day. And um, so, yeah, I think we provide a, a higher level of service. That's that's our goal, anyways, right? Right.
0: right of course. Now, uh, now, in terms of just that, just looking at that and, and paying attention to peers and competitors, how much of that do you actually do? I'm not saying you're, you know, you're there watching the numbers every day or whatever, but uh, how much of that is too much? Would you say? Because of course, like you said, you got to have a you know finger on the pulse of what's going on
1: with everyone else. But how much of that do you actually do to benchmark yeah, uh, where you are? I yeah. mean, uh, uh, from a numbers perspective, yeah. I do I don't. I mean, I check it couple times a month maybe um i'm more focused on what we're doing and then you know i pay attention to the things i see out there like from a you know for example like a social media perspective there's guys out there that are significantly better than us in social media Mm. but i don't also don't want to have my phone in front of my face when i'm hanging out with my (laughs) three daughters right (laughs) Right, all the time my wife and you know we're relaxing at home like i want to have a life too yeah yeah so i think there's it's kind of what's important to you and what your business model is i would rather have you know our client events every year and know be sending video updates versus you know sitting there on social media for six hours a day trying to increase our following yeah yeah <laughs> so I, I you know i pay attention but there's certain things that i'm prepared to step away from
0: gotcha okay that's interesting now so how i want to take it back to just now now you've grown into how
1: many people are on your team now so we have uh, five agents. Right. So my wife's included, and obviously, with having three young kids. She's, she's <laughs> mostly at home, but right. she helps us with a lot of the client events and things like that. So there's right. four of us full-time agents. Okay. We have a full-time uh, client care manager, Kim, okay. and a full-time marketing person as well. Okay. okay,
0: So how did your team grow from you two to now,
1: The was it 70 people now that you guys have? Yeah. So um, I, when I started, Laura wasn't licensed, and I went to our manager and said, listen, this is what I'm looking to do. I want to start a team. Mm-hmm. The plan was to start a team so that Laura and I could, you know, have some time off in the summer to go right. to a place in the Okanagan. And uh, he introduced me to Randy who was my, uh, you know, now my business partner. Mm-hmm. And we met and started kind of feeling each other out and trying to a few things and kind of making sure this was going to work. Right. And then it kind of grew from there. And then um, Matt came and approached me, who's uh, my wife's cousin Mm -hmm. and uh, said, I think I want to do this. I'm going away for a couple of months to traveling with my girlfriend. But when I get back, I'm going to get my, you know, work on getting my license. Right. And uh, obviously he's been licensed with for a couple of years now. And then Laura got licensed as well. Uh, left her job in the pharma industry and, and came and got her real estate license. Oh, she was in the pharma industry? Yeah.
0: Wow, that's interesting. Yeah.
1: I feel like a lot of people, besides
0: maybe you, <laughs> have done other things before doing real estate. Now, why is that? I don't know if you can speak to that at all because you found that that you know something sparked you when you were really young, but why is it that not a lot, well, at least from that I've seen, they think about it. It's almost like an afterthought. Ah, I'm not. I'm not liking being a banker. So I'm just. Getting, I'm, why don't I do real estate? Because it looks like it's a prestigious job.
1: The barrier to <laughs> entry is uh, is really low. Mm. Um, obviously, they tried to increase it from a, an educational perspective, mm. but it's not like you need to have you know tens of thousands f- of dollars to start real estate. Like another
0: four years of degree mm. or something, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: it's you know the barrier to entry is fairly low. Mm. Um and I think a lot of people have a misunderstood uh, perspective on the industry. You know, like back in twenty sixteen seventeen when the market was very busy, right? Uh, twenty sixteen when the housing market was crazy, everyone was like, you know, like the, the numbers were like staggering, jumping knew, in. Oh, it was nuts! It was like a <laughs> new four hundred people every two days. It was right. like ridiculous. <laughs> um, so I, you know, and obviously the market changed now, and it's weeded out a lot of the people that thought it was easy. I'll just join it. I'll make a hundred thousand dollars, no problem. Get a Mercedes, and it'll be perfect. <laughs> It's a shiny job, I think, for a lot of people. I think that's why people want to jump in.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit because that's actually something I really wanted to ask you about. And I think I talked to you about it even before, even just reflecting on myself. Because my dad, as I told you, he he did real estate for quite a few years after he retired from his uh, corporate uh, career. Um, and I was con- I was contemplating it. I was thinking about it. And you know, at my age now, I'm in my 30s. Uh, there are some people who are you know in your 20s just like you. Maybe someone sees you in, when they're 23 and says, hey... He drives a you know nice car. He's got a big house here. Um, what do you do, and how did you do it? What would you say to people like that who are thinking about
1: it now, thinking about getting into the yeah. industry? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tell everybody um, it's a fantastic industry to be in, mm-hmm. um, but it's challenging. Um, like you need to be very driven. Very self-directed because at the end of the day, nobody's calling you to make you show up for work. (laughs) Uh, Nobody's going to call and see if you've done any work today. So that's the biggest thing. And that's why a lot of people like real estate is like, there's no office hours. Right. You don't have to be there at nine and you're done at four. Like it's, if you don't come in till 11, eh, who cares, right? Right. So I would say if you're thinking about doing it, like have a plan, um, have some goals, Mm -hmm. you know, talk to some people. Right. Talk, get some perspective on, you know, don't just talk to me, talk to six or seven other people and say, you know, what would you suggest? Because everybody does think like there's a million ways to do real estate mm-hmm. and everybody does it differently. So you need to understand, you know, am I suited to do this Right. versus it looks fun. <laughs> I think I can make some money <laughs> yeah. and really have some self-reflection because right. that, that's the number one thing is I talk to a lot of these new people that come in and they're like, well, you know, I haven't had any deals yet. And I'm like, well, what have you done? Right you know, it's crickets on the other end. It's like, right. well, what did you expect? Right.
0: Would you say then if people are driven by then the the shiny idea of what a real estate a, a successful real estate agent is and that image of it, if people are driven by that, would you say uh, that would probably set them up for, you know, a lack of success because that's what's driving them
1: instead of something more intrinsic? 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not focused on, I like people ask me, well, what's the commission? And I have no idea. Like <laughs> if I do a great job and you're happy, you know, the byproduct is we make, we right make a paycheck exactly and it's that's, a not byproduct. What I'm, that's not what i'm focused on it's not that i'm you know i met kevin and now i'm gonna make ten thousand dollars and great and then he's gonna buy something i'm gonna make another ten thousand like right that's not how i look at it i mm-hmm. look at it like if i can get kevin in the right spot if i can get him out of this spot and everything's good you know and we can retain him as a client you know and a lot of our clients you know most of our business is repeat and referral now because mm-hmm. we try and do the best job we can so that when people are out there talking to other people because the amount of terrible situations i hear about mm-hmm. in real estate i want them to go you know what Save yourself the headache. You got to call these guys. Right. They're, they're going to do a great job for you, right? Um, and that's kind of our goal. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think, and that,
1: and that, I totally agree. Uh, when other
0: people speak on your behalf, I mean, I mean, it sounds a little bad, uh, terrible. I don't know what the word is, but uh, that's that's your marketing, really. It's uh, a simplistic way. I mean, when when people are happy with you know the job that you've done for them, they're happy to share that, right? There, there's a reason <laughs> that Google yeah. reviews and Yelp yeah. and
1: all those things exist, right? Uh, I mean. Before anybody goes and you know, well, not anything, but a lot of things. Yeah. I, you know, I usually reach out to a couple of people and say, you know, who do you know for this, or who who do you mm-hmm. have that I can trust? Right. Because you know, it's t- there's a million choices out there nowadays. That's true. That's true. Um. So all of these kind of um
0: traits that you that you feel someone needs to have to be successful, self driven, uh, motivated, um things like that. Uh, what kind of other things? Yeah. Besides that have led you and your team to get to that one percent so this i know about uh, your team you've been in top one percent for the fraser valley for real estate teams for the last three years is that right three years three years now so again talking about how many people are in the industry to get to the top one percent that's the cream of the crop
1: there's thirty eight hundred active realtors in the fraser valley okay
0: and so what is that yeah what does that represent 38 realtors uh yeah somewhere in there okay so to get to that one percent what does it actually take
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of things, (laughs) hours, lots of hours. Um, I mean, you know, it's obviously those things I talked about, self-driven, hard work, motivated. Um, I, I really focus on for me is, you know, doing the right thing when everyone's, when no one's looking Mm -hmm. and that's kind of the thing. Like I, like I sort of say in our, in our video that we have on our team, you know, if I can work hard, be honest, do the right thing, I can show my daughters that that's what you should do Mm -hmm. in life, treat people decently. Um, and those are the things we really focus on. There's no like magic sauce to it right yeah yeah it's it's do the right thing be honest work hard um and be motivated and and be self-motivated and make sure that you've put everyone else's um needs and wants ahead of your own
0: right right Uh, i think uh, that's a really good takeaway uh what i hear you saying is that when you take care of just the people the people aspect of things and uh, really understand people uh, all of the other stuff are just byproducts of of taking care of people Right, and that applies to literally anything, and I and I totally believe that in what I do and everything else. Like, um, I know a lot of personal trainers that I come in, and all they do is just push, 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 push. And I came from a commercial gym where that's all it was, and there was absolutely no personal connection. And um, some people were very successful at that because they're very good salespeople. Whereas you think uh, in real estate, that's a sales job. At the end of the day, you're trying to sell homes, but to not. Focus on that and focus on the people rather than the salesy bits. Um, really, is what leads you to that kind of success.
1: Right. That's been our business model. Yeah, it's uh, we're not the salesy, you know, hard pushing realtors. We will uh, uh, just do the right thing and, yeah. and focus on the people, and the rest of it's just a byproduct. You know, it right. all works out in the end. I
0: know we talk about like we've been talking about kind of the real estate industry as a whole for you know a few minutes now, but uh, I think a lot of the things are so
1: applicable in so many other aspects of life.
0: Doesn't matter what industry you're in. Right. Real estate, fitness or otherwise. Right.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I think in life, right. If you, if yeah. you do the right thing, you treat people with decency, yeah. you're honest and kind. Uh, you know, I think the byproduct is, you know, you live a, a much better life and you yeah. hopefully enrich those people's lives that you're around versus right. the opposite. Right. Yeah, yeah. Focusing on the wrong thing, yeah. all the negative stuff.
0: <laughs> and I think that's, that was, and that's why I wanted to have you on today was I knew this about you and I just wanted to even dig deeper because of how successful you have become And uh, the way that you're going about it is exactly how I feel I want to go about, you know, furthering and growing my businesses and my life. So that's why I wanted to have you on. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, And share the story with everybody because I think that's really important. Now, uh, as I mentioned before, we met uh, as, um, you know, uh, you're a member at Orange Theory. Uh, What role would you say now uh, in this success that you've seen in your life uh, that fitness has played?
1: Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah, a huge a huge role in my life. I mean, Laura and I sort of say to each other that uh, Orange Theory kind of gave us our lives back, right? I mean, <laughs> That's really cool. We were, um, you know, we lived in Edmonton when I was in the in another industry, and then we were there for three and a half years, and we weren't the, our fittest versions of ourselves, <laughs> and um, we came back and sort of discovered Orange Theory uh, and reinvigorated it. I was like, she played basketball at SFU, yeah. so, so she's a... Is that uh, how you guys met, by the way? Nope. I'm, oh. I'm old, man. I'm older <laughs> than her. <laughs> so she's... She years younger than came you. Okay. into SFU the year after like I was done and then the next gotcha. year gotcha. She so in.
0: she's about she's probably my age then.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So um so she so we sort of have looked at it and it's kind of reinvigorated our mm-hmm. our you know, we're both really competitive. We always have been. She played competitive basketball, won two national championships with right. SFU. Um, you know, I played football and hockey and everything. So for us it really gave us that opportunity to be competitive in like a safe environment yeah. that, you know, like she wasn't gonna go to the gym and and you know, go to whatever gym and work out for for an hour and a half. And neither was I, like I was getting sick of doing that. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of gave us a new, um, a new version to look at and and new goals and new perspectives. And so it's been a tremendous, you know, like with three children under the age of five, she goes four days a week. I go four days a week. I mean, and you guys manage to make it work. hundred percent. It's totally doable. And uh, for us, it's, it's probably the most important thing. Like it's a good baseline for us. And for me, especially I think just with, you know, the amount of things I manage in a day, that 5 to 6, 15 in the morning, that's kind of like me time. Right. And, and then, you know, and then obviously I have my rituals afterwards, go in the hot tub sure. and do all those things and <laughs> try and manage this old body that's falling apart a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Which I'll talk to in a second. <laughs> um, so for me, it's a tremendous, yeah. it's played a huge role.
0: Yeah. Um, so you said before that it was kind of time bound as to why you needed to get up so early, but you're already a morning person prior to, but because you were, you know, you have so many things to manage throughout the day, you had to get this workout out of the way early, whether it was for kids or getting them ready for the day and all that stuff and of course your work life uh what is it about getting up so early and having these rituals uh that sets you up for the rest of your day
1: Yeah. I mean, really good question. When you read the 5am club from Robin Jarma, you'll get a better sense. I I kind of knew why, like, I didn't really know why I was doing it. I just knew I was doing it. And then I read the book and I'm like, well, that makes a ton of sense. And, you know, you think of that time of the day. So, so fast forward to 10, 10 o'clock in the morning, right? You've got email, phone, text, all these distractions, life, driving, traffic, all these distractions that don't allow you the same level of focus and opportunity to set yourself forward and your mind up for the day. And so for me, I've always been that person where I like that quiet in the morning. Mm, I'm nothing not, else going on. I'm not a like get up and like, Oh my gosh, I got to be somewhere in seven minutes and like just jump in the shower, run out the door. That is like the worst. To me. Yeah, yeah. I need that time to like reset myself, get my mind set, right um you know work on my own personal self from uh, like listening to a podcast or listening to a book which I do a lot in the mornings mm-hmm. and obviously centering myself at the gym so for Laura and I it's been a huge it's a huge factor right. for us
0: so uh if you can remember this specifically because I know a few a couple of tidbits from the 5am club even though I've never read it the twenty 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 rule yes what is that about
1: uh it's you remember? it's 20 minutes of of exercise in the morning 20 minutes of spiritual or mental meditation movement, yeah right. and and then uh, 20 minutes of reflection I think, oh, okay. somewhere okay. in that ballpark so essentially like an hour to work on yourself right and that's so what how you're I look at it it's right. just an hour to work on yourself right. and whether it's 20 minutes of activity 20 minutes of meditation 20 minutes you know spiritual mental whatever you want to call it right it's that hour of like self-care
0: right right and I think when I started coaching the five morning 5 at 5 a.m. classes and onward it, it kind of boggled me that I was done my day Uh if, at 9 a.m., at least that part of my day. Because to start your day so early ahead of everyone else, like the parking lot's empty, um, I felt like I've gotten so much more accomplished. Like I'll be tired at 9 p.m., but I've gotten so many things done and people are just you know, rolling out of bed. And I think that's such a satisfying thing for me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I started,
1: the four—my alarm goes off at four twenty. It's earlier now, but it was four twenty-five for the longest time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because I want to get up, I want to get organized. I like to stretch a little bit before the gym, mm-hmm. and then I, you know, leave my house at just before five. Uh, Now I'm 4 a.m. because I wanted that extra 25 minutes even more to sort of get organized and centered. And it's not like I'm doing it like making lunch or any of those things. I'm I'm literally like self-care between 4 and kind of 6.30 in the morning is my time to do it.
0: So before you even get to the 5.15 class, you've already been awake for over an hour doing stuff doing work on
1: yourself prior yes. to even getting stretching, to stretching right? rolling whatever it is, heating up a sore muscle <laughs> this um, is exactly a perfect segue because i wanted to talk to you about because you've got a little, well a
0: couple maybe nagging injuries that you've had to manage now so as you've gotten older you had to you know be more mindful i guess and like you're saying it takes more time now um so that hasn't stopped you though so tell me about that. you managed these injuries, but it hasn't stopped you. Because some people are like, ah oh, man, my leg hurts, or my bum knee, or whatever, or calf, or shoulder, whatever it is, and they're like, I'm just going to quit for a little bit. But you, it, has, it hasn't stopped you. So how did you Yeah, I Yeah, mean,
1: I mean, for me, like, the gym is such an entrenched part of my routine and, mm. and, and, like, my centering of, like, literally centering myself. If i if literally you'll know, if I don't go to the gym for two weeks or a week, yeah, I'm almost unlivable because <laughs> I'm like, I can't, my moods are kind of up and down. Like I'll be not as happy about with everything. So for me, it really is a mm. very important role. And so I'm not prepared to compromise that. Gotcha. Like, you know, as you get older and being an athlete, like I know how to manage pain. And, you know, of course, like there's certain injuries you can't work through when I tore or, my ca- when I tore my calf. It wasn't yeah, I uh, can't ideal. ignore that. Um, but I was only off for like a week or two. Right um because i you know i try and take care of myself i'll go see a massage or you know get mm. needles in my calf or whatever it is and, and work through it so if you want an excuse you can find it mm-hmm. that's, true. I, I'm just that's not, true I just don't live my life that way you don't allow to have it to happen no nah,
0: that's awesome that's awesome now would you say um be, you've obviously got this mindset and um driven mindset, what kind of things have formed that besides, you know, your experience with sports or perhaps you just grew up that way. Perhaps it was your parents instilling those values in there. What kind of other things, maybe books, Robin Sharma, what other things, mentors, uh, resources do you use to stay focused all the time?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, books, podcasts, um, I I listen to, you know, obviously the motivational thing on YouTube, I've got a few favorites that I like to listen to. But the biggest motivator for me um, is more of an internal one. And it's my Mm. family, like it's my kids, right? I want to... I want to do the right thing and be the person that they're proud of when they're older, you know, when they're going to get married and they say, oh, this is my dad. And like, I want them to be proud and my wife to be proud and my family to be proud of the person I am. And so for me, I'm I'm not prepared to compromise anything to do that. Right. It has zero to do with any accolades and things like that. That doesn't matter byproducts. to me. Again, those byproducts. are all byproducts. It's yeah. it's more important for me to do the right thing and, and be that person that, that is proud that you know I can show my kids the work ethic they need to do to be successful yeah. and that they can do anything they want to do. So yeah. for me, that's that's my biggest motivator, and it's you know it's in my face every single day. Yeah, yeah, which totally. is amazing. It's the best for sure,
0: for sure. And I see that when you're with your family all the time, and you always tell me, uh, you know, I mean, I see stories on your Instagram, and it's you know the the girls dancing or whatever. You're such a very family centered person that I even find it amazing that you're able to have time to do your actual job because i always see that you're with family and you always make time for that and like you said yeah that's what every it's driven by all of that by your family so when uh, before i had our family you know my, my wife and i had crews. i remember i think we had a conversation even before class and you're like dude nothing else is going to matter man your priorities are going to change it doesn't matter how much you can deadlift squat whatever um whatever other priorities you have it's all going to change And honestly, it has. Um, um, And not that I doubted you. I honestly believed you, but but it really has. So every decision now since even Misha and I, you know, uh, starting to date and um, the focus started to become less self-centric and became about, okay, well, what about this new family potentially? And now the cruise is here. It's like everything is, you know, decisions like, okay, well, how will this set our family up better in the future? Yeah. Right?
1: 100% 100% and I look at it like that well how will I set my family up better yeah. and how can I leave a better mark in the world yeah totally from raising amazing people yeah, um, yeah. because you know there's a lot of them that aren't out, out there that are not like <laughs> yeah. people just don't put the effort in That's right because it's so much work to raise good children yeah. and good people to put out into the world and I feel like it's like our duty to do that it's yeah. the the most important job yeah. yeah I'm a realtor but I'm a I'm a dad and a husband first <laughs> yeah. and it's it's funny I'm glad you know I'm only providing you that perspective because I've done it three times, but <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting when it changes. I mean, you can tell, like, it's like when people say, You never know what it's like until you have kids. Honestly, you don't.
0: Yeah, it's true. It changes things. And, and they I've tell you for nine months.
1: Yeah, and they tell you, Oh, it's going to change. And you're like, Yeah, yeah, okay. whatever. And then it changes, and you're like, Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I
0: shared this um, moment with another guest of mine, and it was a, a look that Cruz gave me. Uh, we're just sitting there having food, and he's just stuffing his face with whatever's in front of him. And he looked at me, and uh, he was kind of like, uh, the look that I the, What I got from that look was that, hey, Dad, you have all the answers that I'll ever need in the world. And that's all I'll need. Yeah, man. And I was like, holy shit, man. Like, this is all, this is everything for me. Yeah, it's crazy. Everything. And um, I'll never forget that moment. And then I said to myself, I was like, one day he's not going to have that look on his face because he's going to have his own answers. He's going to, you know, be, have his own opinions and
1: whatever ideas about the world. Yeah. And I don't
0: know how I'm going to feel about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. But the one thing, I mean, I look at my, my wife with, uh, with her dad and, you know, obviously mm-hmm. she's got me and she has our kids and that's how they look at her. Yeah. I mean, he still is the guy who like, at the end of the day, he still always has the answer. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Opa which he's known as and and, and Oma they always have the answer and it's um, you'll always play an important role I mean that's the goal anyways if you do things right then you always will
0: would you say then the word legacy comes to mind when we talk about this would you say then raising an amazing family like you know three strong girls is your legacy
1: yeah that to me that's like number one yeah um to to have a healthy happy marriage and to raise three strong smart independent girls Mm -hmm. that can do anything they want to do that is my like number one focus in the world yeah i'm gonna throw a little curveball at you Uh
0: uh-oh was there any point or even now do you feel like do you wish there was a boy that came out no
1: at one point when we first found out we were having Maya, right? A, a girl, right? Um, because I was so adamant, I was like a macho football guy <laughs> who I, I did to like, get a boy. I'm, I'm obviously we're having a boy. <laughs> yeah. um, when we found out, I was yeah. rattled for really? like a week probably because oh, I, I couldn't. I was like, what? I don't know how to. What do I do? With how do this? I <laughs> deal with girls? I have no idea. And now That's I can funny. tell you with absolute like mm. there is not an ounce of me that would change any of it for the world. They are the best, yeah. and and I don't feel like I'm missing out not having a boy. Right. Honestly, right? I have a whole different set of experiences. You know, for now sure. I get my no, my toenails painted all the
0: time. <laughs> That's awesome, and you probably leave it too. Oh, no one even care.
1: Most of the time they're painted. Yeah, <laughs> just assume that That's you see me they're painted. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Oh my god, Um, so um, Misha and I have been talking about, you know, whatever, whether Cruz is going to have a sibling or not, and that's a yes, definite yes, but um, let's say we have another boy, right, Um, do we keep trying for a girl, (laughs) at what point were you like,
1: okay, three girls were good, uh, yeah, I mean, my wife always wanted a big family, and I yeah. don't. I don't come from a big family, yeah, so okay. for me, like, my whole world was kind of rocked when we went from one to two. I was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> and she said, no, no, no. Like, I, I want to have like three or four, and I was gotcha. like, what? like <laughs> um, and I think we we chatted about it sure. as, as a team and sort of said like I said I'm I'm good mm-hmm. and when she was like okay you know what I'm I'm, I'm good too and mm-hmm. now we look at it I mean I, I really was happy at two I'm so glad we had three right because right. Uh, Ava adds that whole new dynamic and watching her sisters in her play is just like amazing it's so cool it's yeah so cool um, awesome. the, and the fact that you have three girls uh, makes me think of when I was younger
0: because my sister's quite a bit younger than me uh, she's eight years and uh, eight years younger and um, I almost felt like when my dad left that I was this kind of father figure or role and I almost wish that i didn't have to play this uh this role in, in when we were younger, but I was a very protective dad uh, bro- see dad but brother yeah and, the, and um she she says she hates me for it, but she, you know she's over it now uh, she's like I never let her go to any high school dances and things like that yeah uh, when the time comes that you're having to make certain decisions like okay does she get to go hang out go to a high school dance or whatever do you can you foresee how you're gonna react to that question Ooh, hey dad, can yeah. i go to the dance that's a tough
1: one yeah <laughs> i mean i know in my mind what <laughs> i think um in my mind yeah. i know i think exactly the same way you yeah. like hell no but um in reality um, i mean i think that if laura and i do a good job yeah. and we instill them with the right values and and um help them to know that we're always there. Yeah. Uh, I think if we do a good job, I'm not going to have to worry about it. I mean, of course there's going to be some curveballs because there always is, but yeah. that's the goal. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, then there's my version <laughs> that I tell my buddies yeah. and, and my wife goes, that's not happening. Yeah. Right yeah. Now. It's not
0: going to go down that route. Oh man. So anyway, uh, I'll pick your brain uh, assuming we have an, a girl. The, yeah the, man the i can help
1: you out i'm, I'm well seasoned
0: <laughs> well versed yeah <laughs> and what it is to raise girls all right i love it okay so i'm gonna i want to ask you a few more actually i want to get finished one more fitness related question and then we'll get into some more digging deep questions because i want to i want everyone to know a little bit more about you do you have any other fitness goals that are uh very specific now that you want to achieve besides mitigating injuries
1: yeah, I mean, I'm in the uh, there's a the tra- with transformation challenge right. Orange Theory, which I signed up for with uh, a guy from my office, Greg. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we weighed in. My goal is to beat him. My goal is actually to win now. I didn't I, at first. I was not just to
0: beat him. You're gonna win now, hey? Yeah, my goal okay. was
1: originally was just like to be there and be supportive. He was kind of like ah, oh, he was on the fence, and I said, oh, I'll do it with you if you want to do it. And now that I'm in it, I'm like okay i want to win i'm gonna beat you now
0: <laughs> so um the previous winner last year i think he lost uh just it's an absolute number of 12 pounds was 15 yeah okay i thought it was 12 sorry i did my research no you didn't <laughs> but it won't matter because it's this year it's relative to whoever's here yeah um and i know there's a few other male participants that are very motivated so you've got
1: your work cut out for you yeah, I don't know who all of them are, so that's okay. I haven't looked yet.
0: Well, I, I know who they are, so I'm just saying. you gotta, you got you to gotta hustle, man. This, is a, this no. is a solid eight weeks of just no, no. compromise. That won't be a problem. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. And like you said, you made some decent progress, right? Nice and early, right? Yeah, not too bad. Too far. so <laughs> good start. I'll take a good start. Okay. Um, so who would you say, let's go back to just you know, the very beginning uh, when you're young. Uh, who was the, well, now, who was the most influential person in your life growing up?
1: Um, I mean, obviously my mom, she was a single mom and, uh, you know, she's a strong lady. She, um, you know, she taught us a lot and she went through a lot to make sure we had everything we needed to have. Um, And I was very fortunate, right? I mean, I was a sports guy, so I had really great role models come into my life at the moments in time when they needed to. The most, yeah. Yeah, when I was on my way off the rails, there was a couple guys, my hockey coach and my football coach, they showed up and, like, pulled me back into reality, pulled me back on the wow. right side of things and, and really kept my life from going down the wrong path. Wow. Okay. So uh, your mom uh, and some, like, coaches.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what kind of lessons did you learn from them, would you say?
1: I mean, from my mom, uh, I've learned lots of lessons over the years. I mean, she's a she's a strong lady and she, she fought through a lot. So she taught me a lot of that, uh, you know, mental fortitude and, mm. and attitude to do it. And then my coaches, I mean, they sort of gave me the the opportunity to re-believe in myself and reset some goals uh, and focus on moving forward versus letting distractions and negative things impact you as much Love as they can. Love that. Focus forward. Love it. What is the wisest thing you've ever heard anyone say? Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, it's probably a lot to pick from. Yeah, there's so many. Um, and, and it's, so I would say the wisest thing is... Um, i've heard quite a few of them Mm -hmm. this one for me is kind of like you know sort of like how we live our philosophy of like doing the right thing focusing on the good things um not allowing the negative people and and um events sort of impact your life and 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 trying to live your life happy with Mm -hmm. love uh, and focus on your family. Those, you know, someone I've talked to and, and a few different things that I've heard that, that was kind of the, the essence of it. Gotcha. Is, uh, you know, focus on the good things and don't let the negative distractions and then people that are negative in your life. I mean, they're really, you're not going to fix them. Right. <laughs> so you can't focus on them, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a, it's a tough one. Um, but if you surround yourself with the people and positivity that you think you need to go forward, mm-hmm. then that's the best thing you can do.
0: Actually, to be honest with you, that's probably one thing that I've learned from you is the, um, the budget of energy that you expend and to not budget any of it for any negativity, right? Just the uh, lack of tolerance or acceptance for it in your life because it ends up affecting other things in life that you don't really need negativity in anymore. And so to just be able to say no or just cut it out completely, you're just so unapologetic about that, which I love.
1: Yeah. Right. It's, it's taken a long time. Like yeah. I'm, you know, I'll be 41 this year. So it's taken a long time <laughs> You're for just me figuring to, it out now. <laughs> yeah. The last few years, honestly, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was lots of negative things mm. that have happened to everybody in their for life. Sure. And you know, I used to let them consume me. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I'm have a family and kids, it's given me such a different perspective on things that I just don't have time for it in my life. Right. You know, unless it's a positive experience, uh to some degree and if i have the choice to not include it in my life if it's not and then, then i don't and um yeah you're right i'm un- unapologetic about it yeah which i think
0: is awesome and it uh, really is a big takeaway especially for some recent things that are coming up for me and uh, i i have your voice in my head saying man you don't need that negativity really so truly a uh, lesson from you um so if you met your younger self today uh what would you say would make them happy
1: and sad about you happy and sad about me um Yeah. So happy about me, obviously. I'm, I'm super grateful and appreciative of everything I have now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I mean by that is my, my kids, my, my wife and my family, you know, my mom is still healthy. Her parents are healthy. Um, We have tremendous support and I don't mean like, here's the kids, you guys take them. (laughs) I mean, tremendous support in that. Like we have the whole family over and we'll have like a games night where like aunts and uncles and cousins and all these people are around and my kids just don't know any different they yeah. have this amazing experience. When we say games night, there's like 20 people that come over. Wow. And like when the snow was here, we had, um, you know, the aunts, the uncles, a couple cousins, everyone came over for dinner and we're off tobogganing. So I think that my younger self would look and go, wow, that's, that's, Pretty incredible yeah and then from a from a sad perspective I mean you know my parents split up when I was 12 I don't have any contact with my dad my kids don't like you know now they're starting yeah. to ask like who's your dad really and, and so that's a tough one for me um, because my dad never played a role in my life so um, it's hard for me to see them ask and wonder what's happening so I mm-hmm. think that's kind of the sad part about it but for me you know like uh, someone said to um, uh, my mom one day not all losses are losses and that's Mm. how I look at that perspective of it okay and my dad you know he wasn't the best person so the interesting thing for me is he really taught me um the most valuable lesson I think I've ever learned in my life Mm -hmm. and that's who I didn't want to be Mm.
0: that resonates with me so much
1: and it's it's hard right and 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 only in the last couple years have I really looked at it and said okay you know what like that's the best possible thing that ever could have happened to me. Right, right. Uh,
0: and why I say it resonates with me so much, and as I mentioned before, I come from a broken family. Um, my biological father, he lives in the Philippines. Very limited contact. Don't even see him I mean he has me on Facebook I know he watches my stories and things like that don't know him. my stepfather who I identify really as my father because he kind of raised me again um, you know they split up and I was about 13 so just getting into high school another formative time in, in my life um, and to not have that father figure that mentor that role model at that age what age was it when, they, when your parents split up yeah I was 12 well, okay so about yeah, the same, same time age, yeah. but for those formative years you think man I want to have my dad here Uh, For the football games, uh, bounce off this problem I have with a girlfriend or, you know, some guys bullying me at school and to have that father perspective I didn't have and you didn't have. So how did you manage that and think, man, I'm like, you you know, in comparison to my friends, like they have their dad taking them to games and things like that and I didn't have that. How did you navigate that?
1: um how did i navigate it then or how did Na- I, then and even now like, yeah i mean then that's the interesting thing for me like it you know i was very angry mm. that my parents split up and not at yeah. my mom or anything it's just that was my fuel like literally anger propelled wow. me forward and that's what made me a good football player is like <laughs> it's just a good thing to do the yeah. pure rage inside that just it's crazy burned for so many years wow And only in the last few years, and, you know, I've been very angry at him for a long time. Mm. I I have totally released it now. Like, I have zero energy on it, and that was literally the best thing I ever did. Right. And I only figured it out a few years ago that it's, you know, I just put the stone down. It wasn't mine to carry anymore. So how did I navigate it then? Not well. (laughs) Chills, (laughs) Um, man. (laughs) How do I navigate it now? I just look at it, and I I mean, I look at my kids, and I just can't imagine not being there. Right. So it's, um, yeah, for me, I just it's the most important thing and and so I look at it and and honestly like I said I listened to a podcast it was Joe Rogan and um, uh, CT Fletcher okay yeah I know CT Fletcher yeah yeah the most uncommon podcast (laughs) you would ever have imagined I would have arrived at this this thing right and so he was talking about his dad and how his dad used to beat the heck out of him and um, you know essentially wasn't there and and so CT I think he had like his second heart attack maybe and he had died on the operating table when they were like trying to fix him or whatever and uh he just he made this decision that he although he as much as he hated his dad and how terrible his dad was to him he was going to go see him and just tell him i forgive you right and Uh. and it's okay yeah yeah Uh, and and so i'm listening to this at home and i'm going holy cow like like our parallels are really similar yeah Yeah. and so i listened to it and and it just was like that night like i remember the night vividly it was just kind of like something just clicked and i was like okay you know what this isn't for me to carry, carry anymore. anymore. Let it go. And wow. I just did, and it was like it was like a life changing moment. Right. Right.
0: I think there are certain moments in my in my life, even now, where I'm where I look back and I think, I wish I had that time to bounce off of him. Uh, certain things that was going on, it was almost just like almost like an internalized regret that I didn't have that time, and then I start blaming him again. Yeah. For not being there, but. I'm in the same place as you where I've kind of let it go because it really is just a stone you're carrying and the only person it's, you know, hurting is you, right? 100%. And uh, I commend you for being able to let it go but I appreciate that I can echo and understand, empathize exactly where you were uh, because it was really tough for me for so many years and it was just a lot of resentment that I carried because of that, so. Oh, yeah, the same, 100%, yeah. Uh, What is something you
1: think everyone
0: should experience in their lifetime?
1: Well, I mean, in an ideal world, I'll give you a fun <laughs> answer and I'll give you a more serious answer. <laughs> um, you know, from a dad perspective, like having kids is literally the best thing on the planet. Like yeah. when, you know, you're, you know, when Cruz one day will look over and just say, Dad, I love you. Like that is literally, that is the experience. It's going to change call. everything. It is like, melt your heart, just pull me up off the ground in yeah. a puddle. <laughs> and then uh, from a more fun perspective, uh, my father in law turned 60. He'll be 62 this year. And so we didn't, we obviously had our third daughter like the day after his birthday. Oh, really? When he turned 60. So we didn't really do anything for his birthday. So on his 61st birthday, we were all up in the Okanagan. And uh, I think you should absolutely experience wake surfing (laughs) on your birthday. Yeah. Or for your birthday while the sun's setting in the Okanagan or somewhere hot. Yeah. It it was literally like the most amazing That's crazy. That's really cool. 61 years old. Yeah. Wake surfing. Yeah. Sun setting, it was just I'm pretty sure I saw the video. I'm sure you posted it I think I posted it. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: So I'd still have to take you up on that one day. I'll visit you in a Soyuz. And we're always there. <laughs> in the summer, man. It's
1: awesome. All right. Uh, if you could fix one problem, what would it be? Okay. Wow, well, that's a good one. Um, honestly, like I've been listening to a few things lately, and the one thing that keeps resonating back to me is how many people just mindlessly go through life mm. and they just punch the clock like, you know, they hate their life. They get up in the morning if there's one thing I could fix, it would be to get people to find their passion mm. and follow it and take that scary step and not just go through the motions and be miserable at life. I think the world would be a better place if, if people really followed their passion and what they wanted to do yeah. versus like I, I go to the bank and I work at the bank because that's what I need to do to pay the mortgage. And like, that's, you know, that's what you did. That's what you know, <laughs> That's I, why I'm nodding. I, yeah. That's why I did the same thing, yeah. right, you yeah. know, yeah. and it's, um, it's unfortunate because I think people are not living the best versions of themselves. And I think the world isn't as good as it could be because they have so many people that just punch the clock and they just have to do this and they do it day in day out. And then they're on autopilot for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a scary thing to go find your passion and take a a step and some risk. But uh, I think if that's one thing I could fix and, and teach people whether they listen to this podcast or another podcast right. or a book or whatever it is, and just have that realization of like, you can do it. Yeah. It's going to be scary. Right. You're going to have some sleepless nights. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of work, yeah. but if you just commit to it and do it, you know, and obviously you have to be realistic in what your goal For is. For sure. But, For sure. But I think if we can do that, it'd be a better place.
0: If you can think of one resource right now that would help people find that passion, what would that be? What would you point to, okay, go start with this. What is that thing? Yeah.
1: Wow. Um, books like honestly yep. for me it's books uh, like uh you know david goggins uh, like you and i chatted about him lots before <laughs> Who's gonna carry the fucking boats Who's gonna carry the fucking boats <laughs> um i mean he's he's a really interesting guy yeah. and for me like you know i listen to probably like six or seven books at a time yeah and yeah. it's and you know you just got to get one nugget out of it and, and mm. i mean you have to get one nugget out of it but you also have to be committed to that self reflection true right because a lot of people like oh i listened to the book yeah i was okay like, well, what were you trying to do? I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, what did you think it was good? Well, I don't know. It, yeah. like, you have to be committed to improving yourself. And that's the one thing I'm yeah. personally committed to is always trying to be a better version of myself, mm-hmm. whether it's a better husband, better dad, better realtor, um, better person. You know, right. I'm always trying to do that. And, you know, it's not like I don't fall down all the time. Right. I fail all the time at everything I'm trying to do, but that's just an opportunity for me to learn. Right. And I think it goes back to what you said earlier, being
0: uncomfortable. If you're not uncomfortable every day, um, you're you're too comfortable. You're not growing. And being uncomfortable means perhaps trying to improve yourself every day, too. Yeah. Right. All right. So, if your home was on fire and you had only time to grab
1: three things, besides, of course, your family, what would they be? I was going to say, I live with four ladies, so that's a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Of course, we, your family. Of course. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, we chatted about this. I yeah. mean, honestly, nothing. Yeah. There, there isn't anything in my home that or my home that's not replaceable like as long as I have my kids yep. you know like I said he may be the computer but no everything's on the cloud yeah pictures um, are there saved yeah yeah there isn't any one thing in our house that like you know maybe my wife's wedding rings if she didn't have them on right but that's about it yeah I think that's what Misha said she'd probably grab her wedding ring but that's
0: really it and I think there's but really it's just the people that's all that's important everything else is just material people you know? and experiences yeah. you that's got all it. that's important you got it if you could be famous for something what would you be famous for
1: (laughs) um (laughs) yeah i mean like i said to you before yeah (laughs) famous is not anything i'm really is important to me remembered for would be Mm. more important and obviously you know leaving a legacy of you know our business um being you know uh, when i'm gone i want people to say wow he was such a great guy He was such a good father. He was a good husband. And, you know, that legacy and being remembered Mm -hmm. for those things is far more important to me than being famous for anything. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, then maybe you'll be famous for that then, right? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Okay, complete this sentence. If you really, really, really knew me, Jeremy Kalaniuk. Close enough. (laughs) You would know that.
1: I'm a creature of habit. Mm. Um Yeah, anybody that knows me really well, like if you're looking for me on any specific kind of time Time of day, day. (laughs) uh, especially in the mornings, I'm a creature of habit. Would you say then
0: a change in your routine is very difficult?
1: I would say it is difficult, but having three kids, (laughs) you learn to be adaptable (laughs) to some degree. I don't always do it amazingly well, but they force you out of your comfort zone of... Routine sometimes right gotcha all right
0: creature habit. What in what in your life right now do you feel is a work in progress?
1: I mean, you know, the short answer is everything mm, always. Right. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm right now from a fitness perspective, I'm focused on that, and obviously from a team perspective, we had a, a good year last year. But you know, my goal is substantially, significantly, or substantially, significantly, yeah, <laughs> significantly more than it was last right. year. Um, so the goal is to just push that much harder um and then obviously you know i'm always working on trying to be the best version of myself for my wife um she's an amazing human being i'm very fortunate <laughs> to have her yeah she's um, awesome she certainly without meeting her i wouldn't be down the path I'm, i am now 100 mm-hmm. percent. it just wouldn't have happened um so always trying to be the best version of myself for her and for my kids right that's right. one thing i'm always constantly trying to do
0: right i love that I love that what are you most proud of right now that people don't know about
1: Uh, I think everything, the one thing I'm most proud about right now is kind of everything we've achieved and where our family's at. Um, I've had a very long, difficult road uh, from my parents splitting up Mm -hmm. to, you know, I had a a slew of unfortunate circumstances that happened where we were really, really struggling Mm -hmm. um, at one point in our lives. And to have bounced back and been able to create this life, um, and I don't mean stuff, like stuff is irrelevant to me. It's, It's having a home, That is so welcoming and our family can all come to and my kids know those experiences and have those people around That is the probably thing I'm most proud of and some people know that but not everybody knows my roots
0: Right, right. Would you say that those challenges uh, made you more resilient?
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean your options are die and stop or (laughs) fight and move forward Right, And and I think that's like anything in life, right? If you want to just be defeated, you can be defeated Right, you can lay down and go for If you want to look at it as a building block, I learned how not to do that Right That's what it is. That's awesome. That's awesome.
0: All right. What are you most excited about right now?
1: Summer. Yeah. (laughs) Get back on the lake. Wake surfing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm excited for the year. Um, I always love January. It's a new opportunity. It resets everything at the end of the year. uh, And uh, I get pretty excited about, Mm. regardless of what the market is, it doesn't matter to me about the market. I get excited about trying to help people get out of every single position that they're in, whether it's, you know, divorce or they're upsizing or they're creating a new family. I just, I get excited about that yeah. and I just get excited about, you know, coming out of winter and Christmas being done and <laughs> moving forward.
0: Yeah. It's funny because every time I ask you, it's like, so what's going on in, in, you know, the real estate world right now? It's like busy, busy. Uh, that's really the only word, word that I hear. Uh, but then there would be other people that ask like, ah, oh, you know, it's kind of slowed down a little bit, but you're like, no, it's been busy. But I think that speaks not necessarily to, um, I don't necessarily the success of Whitestone, but because you always have something that you can be working on to be busy so that you're growing and improving all the time. And I think that's what I got from that.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think if you fill your time with the right activities Mm. and things you should be doing, you're always, you know, there's always work to do. Like I could work 24 hours a day, seven (laughs) days a week. um, And, you know, for us, it's just pretty consistent. Like we consistently do X amount of deals. I can almost tell you what January and February are going to be just because of... um, the processes and plans we put into place and what we execute every year. Love
0: it. Love it. All right. A few easy ones.
1: How do you like your eggs? Uh, plant-based. So I don't eat eggs, <laughs> but poached if I had to have them.
0: Uh, right. See, I, I knew this and I left it in there. Uh, Cause you guys have been plant-based for how long now? Uh,
1: vegetarian for just over a year. Okay. And I've been uh, vegan for about four or five months now. Okay. Transition hard. Um, the, not as hard as you would imagine. Mm. I mean, uh, it certainly made our kitchen. I don't want to say more fun because we. I'm, I'm like a foodie to begin with, right? Uh, but in more interesting. I mean, it's always an experiment, right? And uh, you know, trying to balance to make sure you're getting all the right nutrients and everything. You are that's certainly been a little more challenging, but right. it's been kind of fun. The kids are having fun with it. They, I mean, we. They're just plant based. We've kept cheese and right. dairy in there for them, uh, but Lauren are 100 you know plant based now. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. And I think it's going to help a little bit with your goals and stuff, too. Maybe. <laughs> uh, winter, spring, summer, or fall? I think I know this one. Summer, man. Summer. Always. Easy. Yeah, that's easy. an easy one. And I, know, and I obviously know why, too. Lake. Yeah. All right. Squat, bench, or deadlift? Push press? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot about that. I should have thrown that in I there. I mean, bench <laughs> if I got to pick from the three, yeah, lift, yeah, but yeah. if not, push press, for sure. i only going ask those three, because those are the three powerlifting lifts, right? Yeah. you got to choose. But I've, I know the push press. That's your favorite move. <laughs> How much on your, what was your max?
1: Remember? In your peak? uh three sets of six for 315 at uh, 315 think about that
0: 315 that's like what people deadlift sometimes even yeah, <laughs> not I mean, even now.
1: that was a different time <laughs> i look at it now i like that's insane oh, why yeah. did i ever put 300 pounds over, over my your head
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right push press we'll take it fast or slow no context fast okay sweet or savory
1: Ooh, depends on the day sweet usually really savory, often. savory all right got it
0: crunchy or smooth crunchy uh what yeah. You're a crunchy guy this, yeah. is a, this is a really big issue With everybody Like what You're a crunchy Why crunchy I don't know I just, Why smooth Because Okay this is my rationale <laughs> Peanut butter Should be butter, crunchy Butter you think Buttery smooth yeah, Why is it called peanut butter
1: Because it should be crunchy <laughs> See what I mean Yeah It can
0: go on this forever Alright you're in the crunchy You're in the crunchy uh, Bandwagon Fair enough Okay uh, Before we get uh, To the final three questions yeah. I'm gonna wrap this up Okay How can people find you And get a hold of you
1: uh, Whitestoneselect.com. Uh, we're also Whitestone uh, on Instagram, and obviously Facebook's pretty easy to find us as well.
0: Okay. Um, so I'll put all of those links in the show notes so everyone can find you Whitestone or even yourself personally. Sure. Um, all right, on Instagram. Okay, three final questions. If you had the world's attention for 30 seconds right now on this podcast, which you potentially do, <laughs> what would you say?
1: Uh, I mean, not dissimilar to what we've sort of been talking about, right? I mean, you know, the one message that I would probably echo to everybody is, you know, live your life with passion, Mm. do the right thing, treat people with kindness, be honest, work hard, set goals, uh, and don't be discouraged, right? Like, be prepared to fail a lot. Mm -hmm. If you want to be successful, failure is a word that is very familiar in your vocabulary and get used to it. Uh, And if you want to grow, be uncomfortable and get really comfortable in that uncomfortable (laughs) because I am, I'm super comfortable in the uncomfortable. It drives the guys that I work with nuts, (laughs) but that would be what I would say to people. If you can focus on those things then then I think you can, you know, attain a good life. I
0: love that. I love that passion. All right. If someone could ask you one question that you wish you could be asked, asked, what would that question be?
1: someone could ask me a question that I wish I could be asked, what would that be? That I've never asked
0: you or no one's really ever asked you?
1: Yeah. Um, what is the most important thing about being a father? And what's your answer to that? I mean, everything, but just showing my kids unconditional love and mm-hmm. making sure that they know that I'm always there no matter what. And I tell them that all the time no matter what happens, no matter what it is, mom and dad will always, always be there. Love um, it. And they need to know that, and, and that's an important one for me.
0: Okay, love it. So before we get to the final question, uh, I want to acknowledge you, first of all, for being here and uh, spending your time and uh, sharing your story. Um, I've certainly learned some things from you. You're in a way a mentor of mine as well, even though we're buddies and, you know, you, I crush you in workouts <laughs> and I put you through the pace sometimes, but I've learned a lot from you and um, I appreciate uh, our friendship. So thank you for being here. Uh, what is your definition of living your best and fittest life?
1: Uh, My definition of living your best and fittest life, I would have to say if you wake up every morning and you're excited, and that's Mm. how I feel every single morning when I wake up, if you wake up and you're excited, you're ready to go, you want to take on the world, and uh, you've got fitness involved in your life, and that's a a part of your routine, I think that's a very good benchmark to sort of a litmus test, let's call it, Mm. to see if you are living your best life. If Mm -hmm. you're not, then you're not excited to get out of bed. Right. I'm a guy who, like, my alarm goes off, I don't hit snooze four times. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> it's just go. Like I'm ready. Really, Let's do
0: it. one then, one one arm. That's it. That's it. Beauty. Just
1: shut it. I mean, I said a couple because it is <laughs> four o'clock in the morning. But it's you sorry. know, usually it's like up right. half time. I wake up before it goes off, right. and I'm just ready to go. I'm excited, you know. And, and I think if you're, awesome. if you're living your best life and you're living with passion and, and you have love in your life and you have family and people that are important to you and and you're focused on the things that you should be. Right. That's how I think you you can be in the morning. I love it. And that's how I think you can judge whether or not you're doing it. Yeah. That's awesome, man.
0: Thank you so much for being here, man.
1: Thanks for having me. Love it. Appreciate it, buddy.
0: All right, guys. That is my interview with Jeremy. What I found to be the most valuable is his strong family values. I mean, we can all talk about our success, whether it be in sports, fitness, career, or wherever. But Jeremy is so proud of his team at White Zone Select Properties Group. And most importantly, his wife, Laura, and his three girls. They really are the driving force behind his success. He said it himself, living your best life is when you are doing what you love and you have all the support and love from your family and the people you love hear that guys i think i said the word the word love five times there in the last sentence anyway thank you again jeremy for sharing your story with us all right fit united fam this is my unique way of serving you guys that doesn't require you to be sitting at your phone scrolling up and down mindlessly you can listen on the go while you're commuting or during your workout walking the dog washing your dishes whatever I love communicating and being able to talk and listen to you guys, and that's what gets me fired up every day. So with that in mind, if you have any topic suggestions for the podcast or have any questions or comments, send me a message on facebook.com forward slash fitunited.show on Instagram at kevingreen.fitness or at fitunited.show or on our new website fitunited.show you can now listen to and download the podcast directly on the website pretty sweet also please don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and please leave me a rating and review this is how i know that i'm bringing value to you guys and how i can continue to do so and serving you in the best way that i can If you found this helpful, insightful, powerful, if this episode spoke to you or you know somebody who would appreciate hearing my conversation with Jeremy, please share it. I believe sharing these lessons we learn from one another is the best way to always be improving one day at a time. lastly, guys, join the Fit United podcast VIP. My goal for creating a VIP group is to connect all of us together on a deeper level. All you have to do is text FITNESS F-I-T-N-E-S-S, to 69922. And you and I will be able to connect by text. As part of this VIP community, I will give you access to exclusive content that is reserved just for you in the VIP. As content rolls out, you guys will know about it first and be able to enter giveaways and things before anyone else. Don't worry, guys. I promise to keep the text to a minimum just enough for you and I to stay connected. All right, Kevin here signing out. I will see you guys on the next one.